From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 IFM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human, and today I'm very excited to be co-presenting with Isaac Resnick. Many of you, of course, know Isaac and listen to him, and I heard him just now saying that uh, history people sometimes think that history is not really relevant anymore. Well, I would like you to know, Isaac, that I heard over Sukkot from my sister-in-law, Jean, who happens to be a Roman Catholic, that she listens to your program frequently, finds it totally fascinating and cannot believe your knowledge. Thank you very so, much. You know, don't ever think that you don't have listeners. You have many listening in. Last year, um, Isaac and Bernard Katz and I ran a program on Jan Smuts and the Jews, and we had very good feedback from that show. And today, Isaac has put together an entire portfolio with further information that we're going to share with you all. I've also spoken to my cousin, Mary um, Tate Sm- uh, nee, uh, Smuts, and, and I've got some lovely anecdotes from her to share about the Obos General Smuts. And... Um, Isaac, you are a walking encyclopedia. I think that's how you are known. And you have all your shows uh, three a week. Is that right? Correct. You have today, you have Friday, and you have Sunday. Sunday, yes. And, um, and <clears throat> people certainly enjoy listening to you. And um, I would like to know from you, where do you get all your information? Look at all the books you have there. Well, I have an extensive library and archives. And I read ex- very, and I'm a very avid reader. I could read something like seven, eight, ten books a month. Good heavens. I've just finished reading a book called The Final Solution. It was reviewed in the uh, Jewish Affairs uh, by a gentleman called David uh, Avenger, and he wrote all about the, unfortunately, the Holocaust. It's a book over 3,000 pages. Yes. And uh, I've read it from cover to cover. In how long? <laughs> how long did it take you to do that? It took me about uh, two weeks to read that book because it's not a book that you can just sit and read and enjoy. It's got such depth in it and such facts. It took him 15, 20 years to write that book. Good Unbelievable. Heavens. But then also I've mentioned to our listeners, I'm sure many of you remember before the days of Google and all these fancy things, yes. we had a encyclopedia called the Encyclopedia Judaica. Published by Keta uh, Publishers, and I have read the Encyclopedia over three hundred times. Good heavens! No wonder you have this in <laughs> extensive times. knowledge, wow. and um, and that's where I got all the information from. But I got extensive uh, archives as well, and of course, as I mentioned once before, you know there was a movie called Funny Girl. Yes. With Barbara Streisand. I remember it. And do, let's see if our listeners won't know what the theme song was. That theme song has always been my motto, and that's where you'll get your information from. Well, I'll give you the theme song. It's called People Who Meet People Are the Luckiest People in the World. Because the more people you meet, the more knowledge you'll get from them. You'll know, get more experiences, their ideas, etc. So, and I've been all over the world basically, and I've met so many hundreds of people and leaders etc and that's where you get your knowledge well that's fascinating to hear and i hope we have some young listeners also listening in you know uh, jan smuts actually said a man is not defeated by his opponents but by himself and you have just 
you know, proved that it's you yourself who has to improve yourself all the time and, and keep knowledgeable about what's going on around you. Now, Isaac, what makes you so fascinated with Jan Smuts, General Smuts? Because Jan Smuts, first of all, was a very, very religious man, deeply religious, completely holistic. He was a great friend of the Jews. In 1917, on the 17th of November, in three weeks' time, will be the 100th anniversary of the Balfour Declaration, mm. where Lord Balfour said the British government view with sympathy the establishment of a homeland for the Jewish people. And Jan Smuts supported that. Now, I think very few listeners know that Jan Smuts was also very, very closely Associated and friendly with Chaim Weizmann, who became the first president of the state of Israel. And um, if you, I mentioned it earlier, if we started this week reading Barashi at the beginning, and if you take the Hertz's Chumash, and you look at it, Hertz quotes extensively from Jan Smuts. I must check that out. I you haven't seen out. that. Turn to page 821. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll find it there, where Jan Smuts even quoted as follows. He says, do you know that the greatest visionary in the world first thought of the League of Nations, and his name was Isaiah? That's what it was. Huh. And, uh, you know, I won't go into those details. We'll talk about it a little later on. That's And amazing. the other thing is, uh, Sue, if you don't mind, I just want to give a little no, interesting. No, no, I'm wanting, wanting to. Um, you too. In 1903, after the Boer War, Jan Smuts had a little, what they call a semi-cottage in uh, Van der Merwe Street in uh, Hilbra. And next door him stayed a Greek sculptor. And this sculptor was battling to make a living. And uh, the same year, they started to build the Dorfentin Schul. And uh, the sculptor came to uh, Jan Smuts and said, uh, "How do? what can I do to make a living? I've got designed this, I've got lions, I've got this and this. Jan Smuts said, go down to the synagogue where they're building there and tell them that you will make for them lions. So the, the uh, sculptor said, why lions? So Jansmuts said, you know, the Jews believe in lions because the book of Judah uh, is a lion. And uh, if you can make some lions for them, they will use it in the synagogue. And if you look at the Ark Curtains, the parochus in all the major big synagogues, but today is a little bit more modern, you'll always see two lions mm. facing each other, lions of Judah. Yes. And this architect went down, and he offered it to make it for them, and they commissioned him, and that's how it became known as the Lion Shul, because oh, he made the lions. Word. Now, when this architect, uh, this uh, sculptor died, um, his house was next door, Jan Smuts's. They found a whole lot of lions. They didn't know what to do with them. So I'll tell you what you can do. If you go down Louis Botha Avenue, driving from, say, Orange Grove towards, uh, Highlands, uh, Belfort there, turn into 11th Avenue, the left. Yes. Just drive down a couple of meters and look on your right side. 
you will see houses upon houses with lions outside their houses. These were the lions that were in this gentleman's storeroom, and somebody bought them all, and they put them outside their houses. So they're still standing today. You can see them all. In, in 11th Street. 11th Avenue. 11th Avenue. Avenue. You turn into 11th Avenue, yes. you will see the lions on your right side. And there's one other look. place you can see it as well. Uh-huh. If you know where the in Parktown, the Temple Shalom Shul is. Yes. But the back of it, there's a house, and you will find also lions outside that house as well. <laughs> Those people also bought the lions. So that was Jan Smuts. He knew his Bible. Mm-hmm. So that's why I reckon he said the Jews believe in the lions of Judah. Go and offer them and build them. But he made them, the lions not lying down, the lions standing up facing as we have on the Orient Coast. Yeah. And that's how it got the name, the lion's shoe. That's fascinating. And, uh, you know, he read the Bible extensively, extensively. In, in original Greek, in Greek, Greek. as well. Yes. Well, and he even quoted my, um, for, for anyone listening in who doesn't know, my mom's sister Daphne was married to Jan Smuts's, um son, Jan Smuts, and I'll Go on with that in a minute. Who was this man who for more than half a century played a leading role on the domestic and international stage as warrior, statesman and counselor of kings? He focused on uniting Boer and Brit after the Anglo-Boer War and was caught up in a global arena between two world wars, serving as a member of the British War Cabinet in both. Reconciliation is central to his draft to the preamble to the United Nations Charter, which upholds human rights. Yet, for all this, today he is virtually persona non grata in his own country, I think it's somewhat sad that uh, a Canadian teenager will know more about Jan Smuts and what he achieved in world terms than a South African adult. Why has this brilliant man, who is regarded by leading historians today as one of the makers of the modern world, virtually disappeared off the radar screen in his own country? A look back on his life may provide some answers. He spent his early years on his father's farm in the Western Cape, where he developed an affinity with nature, which would not only remain with him for the rest of his life, but sow the seeds for a Darwinian-type philosophy that would shape his worldview and influence many of his decisions in life. How well I remember tending the cattle on the large farm, roaming over all its far expanse of felt, in which every kloof, every valley, Every copy was endeared to me by the most familiar associations. Having no human companion, I felt a spirit of comradeship with the objects of nature around me. In my childish way, I communed with these as with my own soul. They became the shares of my confidence. His parents... Fifth-generation Dutch descendants, Katharina Petronella and Jacobus Abraham Smuts, who lived a simple lifestyle in their modest farmhouse, could never have imagined in their wildest dreams they had given birth in 1870 to a genius who would grow up to be an international icon. 
From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human, co-hosting today with Isaac Resnick, and we are talking about Jan Smuts. Please SMS us on 34519 or WhatsApp us on 0621482374. Isaac, just before the break, I was just saying about my, my uncle Yanni Smuts. My mom was in London during the war and so was my uncle Yanni with General Smuts. At one stage, they were, uh, General was in Parliament and, um, he, he's called my uncle to tell him to bring him his Greek Bible because somebody in Parliament he had misquoted something from the Bible. Well, I remember my mom so clearly telling me that, and you've got a story on that. Yes, let me tell you. Jan Smuts, while at Stellenbosch University, performed an amazing feat. First of all, he had an amazing memory, brilliant scholar. In six days before a Greek examination, he knew no Greek at all. In less than one week... He devoured a complete grammar book and a book on Greek literature and astonished everybody by topping the class who had been studying for months and months. Six days he spoke fluent Greek and grammar. That was him. And by the way, in the same class with him was his wife-to-be, and her name was Sibella Maharita Kricha. Yes. Right, later on we call him Izzy Smuts. So that was how brilliant his mind was. In six days... He spoke fluent Greek, and others had been studying for months and months. As I said, he was a brilliant and had amazing mind. Now, just on that note, my cousin was telling me yesterday that um, Izzy, uh, Izzy Smuts, uh, Omar Smuts, he was in matric at the same time as General Smuts, yeah. and she actually beat him in a couple of subjects. But she hated that to be mentioned. She didn't. She wanted him to have all the all glory, the, and she was in the background all the time. Isn't that amazing? And I'll tell you the subject that she beat him in. It was called German. She oh, beat yes. him in German. Is that so? <laughs> yeah, right. Now you know you mentioned Chaim Weissman, and at uh, on his seventy fifth birthday, an ailing Smuts flew to London. To go and actually celebrate his birthday, birthday. And, and spoke And this he quoted This is a quote from that uh, He said His people had been all but wiped out In the greatest purge of history Assem- He assembled the remnants Led them back to the ancient homeland In the face of the heaviest opposition Welded them once more Into a sovereign state among the nations Surely his achievement Bears comparison to Moses yeah. That is what Smuts thought about Chaim Weissman and their their friendship lasted for a long, long time, didn't it? Yeah. And, of course, Jan Smuts also went to Cambridge University where he was top of the class. He got honors in all his subjects, right? Mm-hmm. And he was the first ever South African or ever person outside Great Britain to be appointed a field marshal. And he was appointed by Churchill to the British War Cabinet, and he was away for many, many months. And Ilse was all on her own. Mm-hmm. And he was away for quite a long time. Now, I just want to mention something as an aside. I remember his funeral very, very well. I was a young man and I had a Kodak camera, box camera. I still got the photographs today. Yes. And they, uh, remember, do you know when he died? Uh, on the 11th of September, he was 80. I don't remember the year. 52. 1952. 52. 
Right. Now, they brought his body from Pretoria on a gun carriage. And the remember the city hall in Johannesburg, in Rissick Street? It was all draped in black with purple. And there was a massive crowd. And they had all the denominations sitting on the platform to each, you know, pay tribute to him. Uh, there must have been thousands, 20, 30, 40,000 people in that area alone. Hmm. And then, of course, then they had loudspeakers all over Johannesburg so people could hear. And I remember the speakers. Uh, there there was um, Father Huddleston. Uh, he was, by the way, he was um, deported by the national government. That's right, I remember uh, him. There was the Archbishop. Uh, I, I could give you all the names. And uh, there were seven of them who spoke. And the last speaker to speak was Chief Rabbi Louis Rabinovitz. That's all. Now, Louis Rabinovitz spoke... And he got a standing ovation for 20 minutes. Good heavens. How long did he speak for? He spoke for about half an hour. Yes. Because Louis Brevinovitz personally met Smuts and knew him. Uh. Because Louis Brevinovitz was the senior chaplain during the Second World War for the British Army in the Battle of Alamein and in, in, in the African uh, campaign. The African. For the Jewish well, the unit? Jewish, yeah. The Jewish unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a senior chaplain. And um, the next day in the star, I've got cuttings, where it said, the finest eulogy ever delivered. Huh. And it's got Louis de Bilmitz and his complete eulogy. So if any of the listeners would like it, I've got it. I can email it to them as well. I would certainly uh, yeah, like I a will, copy I'll of make that. Copy. Wow. And uh, sorry to loop, uh, uh, no, to tell you. No, you know, I'm, I'm just very fascinated that... Um, you know, he was he was thought so highly by so many people, and yet, as that that flawed genius, you know, that that little YouTube said, you know, he his own people his didn't own appreciate. People, yes. Well, look, um, I'll come back to that in a moment. When in 1948 he went to elections, he stood in Standerton. One would have thought he would have walked away. No, they put up a little net. Non-entity, I'm going to use that word. Yes. Uh, a chap called Nell, who may have been working in the, on the railways or something like that. No one had ever heard of him before, and he defeated Jan Smuts. Mm. Right. Remember that? Mm. He defeated him. Mm. In 1949, the new government came to power. So that is how they thought of him, because, you see, during the Boer War, he fought against the British. Yes. <coughs> then afterwards, he supported the British. And why did he support the British? So here, Sue, I've brought and I'm showing it to you. I can't believe this. What date is on the top there? September the 5th, 1939. I'll come back to in a moment. Okay, we're just breaking for an ad. The best part of your day. At the heart of your community. All the talk. All the music. All the news. Hi, FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. I'm co-presenting today with Isaac Resnick, and our subject is Jan Smuts. Please SMS us on 34519 or WhatsApp us on 062-148-2374. Isaac, I see there are a couple of um, qu- um, 
SMSs yes. that have come in. It says, hi, Sue and Isaac. I've just looked on Google Earth Street View and can clearly see the lions outside number 115 11th Avenue. How fascinating. I'm enjoying the program enormously. Jan Smuts was also involved in welcoming the Ochberg Orphans in South Africa, Judy. Thank you, Judy. I've actually got an article on the Ochberg Orphans, which we will discuss as well. And then um, uh, there's another one. Don't think you've read um, uh, uh, the, you've read a quote by Smuts by Bern, Dr. Bernard Friedman. Not quite the hero we pretend he was. Okay. Well, you know, there's always two sides to every story. And um, um, funny enough, there's even one about that Churchill said about the Jews. And I suppose we can say this maybe for Smuts as well. One person's hero is another person's enemy often. And Churchill actually said, some people like the Jews and some do not. But no thoughtful man can deny the fact that they are beyond any question the most formidable and the most remarkable race which has appeared in the world. And um, after Smuts's death, Churchill wrote to Izzy, his wife, and said, there must be comfort in the proofs of admiration and gratitude that have been evoked all over the world for a warrior statesman and philosopher who was probably more fitted to guide struggling and blundering humanity through its suffering and perils than anyone who ever lived in any country during his epoch. Can I put out a question? Yes, you don't please mind. do. Uh, they mentioned Dr. Bernard Friedman. Yes. I want to ask our listeners, who was Dr. Bernard Friedman? Oh, Do you okay. know? No, I've never well, heard of him. Well, let's see if our listeners know. Okay. I can give his whole history as well. <laughs> but now I want to also mention something else. You said one man's enemy could be somebody else's friend. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when Yasser Arafat came to South Africa and Mel- Mens- Nelson Mandela met him in Fordsburg? And the uh, Jewish Board of Deputies, they, they were very upset about it. And Mandela made the following statement. He may be your enemy, but he is my friend. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. that very clearly. Wow. Because you remember we the... We can learn from that, can't we? Yeah, the PLO, Palestine Liberation yes. Organization, remember they s- supported the anti-apartheid movement. And they gave the ANC a lot of support during... The you know that struggle, the, yeah, right. the apartheid times. Now, Go uh, back to your article there, right please. now. I've brought you a copy, and I'm showing it to you now. It's called the Star. Remember the newspaper, City Late, Tuesday, September the fifth, nineteen thirty-nine. Yes. Headlines: Herzog resigns, Smuts now premier, Unions coalition government, cabinet expected to be announced tomorrow. Caucus meeting today to discuss policy. Herzog's talk with Milan in assembly. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing. No, but, but I can't believe it. Um, Isaac's actually holding up the newspaper. It's the original, original uh, the copy star. of the star. And uh, he's holding it up to show. I mean, it's got a photograph of um, Field Marshal General Smuts, Smuts. in the front. On right. The front. Now, when he says here, uh, this is 1939. Remember, the war had just broken out. Says a uh, cabinet to be announced tomorrow. So I'll put out another question if you don't mind, Sue. No, I'm so happy that you <laughs> right. are going to. Who were the first Jewish members of parliament appointed by Jan Smuts in that cabinet? Please don't look at me and ask me to <laughs> so answer that. So I've got that. three questions asked. Yes, okay. Who was Dr. Bernard Friedman? 
Remember that our SMS is 34519. Right. Yes. Who were the two Jewish members of parliament that were appointed by Jan Smuts to his cabinet? We would love to hear from you, so please let us know. You know, I would just like to mention two books. Bernard Katz actually gave me, by chance last week, he sent a, a book, a new book that's just come out by Richard Stain, Churchill and Smuts. Right. And the last book that Richard Stain wrote was um, on on uh, smuts, and it, it was the most unbelievable uh, book to read. And I would suggest that anyone who actually wants information about General Smuts and the Jews or whatever to to try and read both of these. His first one was called um, uh, Young Smuts, Unafraid of Greatness, which was very good. Now I just want to bring up the the Ochberg orphans. Yes, someone said. Sent me this article, and I see it comes from my, my son Mark actually. And it said, "Did you know that Jan Smuts played a significant role in rescuing Jewish orphans from the pogroms in Ukraine in 1921?" Um, here's a bit of a little-known history involving an unlikely South African hero, Isaac Ochberg, and it's one that we can all stand very proud of. Do you want to? Go well, you know on that? if. Um there's a f- journalist in town, Johannesburg, his daughter, very well known. His name is Lionel Sleer. Yes, that's and right. And he's one of the, his mother was an Ochberg, one of the Ochberg, uh, I don't people. know, perhaps he didn't write this well, article. Uh, there's you know? an excellent article in the Jewish Affairs where he wrote all about the Ochberg, uh, this is the story of Isaac Ochberg yes. and the part played by Jan Smuts. <laughs> right. So it probably is, at, it is. At the, in World War II. <clears throat> and um, I'm hoping that Janet Schenk is listening to this because her father was an Ochberg, Ochberg. Or, orphan. Yes. And uh, apparently Ochberg, when he heard about this, he was incredibly distressed. And he contacted uh, General Jan Smuts, who was the uh, Prime Minister at the time, and Mr. Patrick Duncan, who was the Minister of the Interior. Yeah. And he and Smuts granted permission to land without restriction as many youngsters as could be saved. Right. But, you know, prior to Smuts becoming the premier, he was with Herzog in the cabinet. It was a there. There they got together. It was a coalition because and um, they passed what they called the Aliens Act, where they restricted the number of Jews that were coming from Germany trying to enter South Africa, you know, because the war just broken out. And um, they turned back quite a lot. Quite a few came. But uh, a lot of people blamed Smuts. But he was part of that cabinet. And he didn't, he was against it. He wasn't the, uh, he wasn't in the majority. But it was the Herzog government who passed that Aliens Act. Mm. And, of course, a lot of Jews were sent back. Uh, the last boat to arrive was called the Stuttgart. Oh, yes. And outside the docks, when the, I just want to mention this is very uh, fascinating. When the boat arrived, they said, Jews, go back to Palestine. And what do you read today in today's times? Jews get out of Palestine. Mm-hmm. Right. And at the docks, there were three infamous nationalist people. One was Hendrik Verwoerd. The other one was Donjis. And the other one was a rabid anti-Semite, and I say it, he was Eric Lowe, who later became the Minister of Foreign Affairs. Don Jews became a, a, 
uh, president here, and Verwoerd, of course, you know, became the, the prime minister here. Mm-hmm. And Verwoerd had studied at the Leipzig University in Germany, and that's where he got his, uh, his nationalist socialist ideas from. So it was then they passed the Aliens Act, and a very few Jews were allowed to come after, the, you know, when the war broke out. Can you imagine if they were allowed to come in? And uh, But we, that's for a different subject as well. Now, so I've put out those questions. Who was Dr. Bernard Friedman and the two Jewish uh, members of parliament? One became the cabinet minister, very, very well known. The other one was very involved with Jan Smuts, but uh, – was going to be appointed as a cabinet minister and decided not to, and I'll give the reasons why a little later on, but was going to be a cabinet Two Jews. Let's see if our listeners know. Okay, 34519 or WhatsApp us on 062-148-2374. Uh, after the, the third advert, we actually have another short YouTube of um, General Smuts, and he's got his grandchild. If you look, if you want to look it up, it's on uh, General Smuts and on Peace. It's a little YouTube with his grandson sitting on his lap. Very sweet. You know that uh, I also read an article by um, a man called uh, Jan Smuts Reconsidered, Herman Giliomi. I don't know if you've heard of him, yes, Isaac. Yes. And he wrote this in January 2016, and it says he was reflecting on the late South African leader's greatness as well as his weaknesses. And he said, about one issue in our history of the past century, there's a large degree of consensus. Jan Smuts and Nelson Mandela rank higher than any other South African leader in the respect and admiration the world community bestowed upon them. And uh, Alan Payton said, even the great thought he was great. And I certainly, as with everybody, we can find so many issues that we, we can say were anti-Semitic or anti, uh, were pro-apartheid and what have you. But I think we often have to read beyond um, what is being said because so much was published by him on these subjects. You know, Jan Smuts in the cabinet of Herzog, he was what they, the minister of what they called native affairs in those days, in the early years. And remember when Mahatma Gandhi came to South Africa, he was on a train and, and he was sitting in a white compartment and they threw him off the train. And then they passed a certain act. I wonder how many listeners know. We know in the days of when we had the Transvaal, the Orange Free State and all that, that no Indian could go through the Orange Free State or if they were on a train, they weren't allowed to get off that train if it stopped, say, in Bloemfontein or anywhere else. That was one of the acts that they passed, mm. the Orange Free State. Is that yeah, so? Yeah, that's definitely, it's known, it's a fact. And then they blamed Smuts for Mahatma Gandhi, but he was part of the cabinet. And, you know, the cabinet, you don't always have a, 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 a consensus or you, everybody's voting the same. So a cabinet of 20, six could be voting against, and the balance of 14, so the majority mm-hmm. rules. And this is what happened there. Well, you know, I actually have an anecdote about Gandhi and Smuts. Um, that, that was in one of those Richard Stain books. And it said that they were once, bless you, Craig, they were once adversaries. 
um, but in many ways they had mutual respect and admiration for one another. And before Gandhi returned to India in 1914, he presented Smuts with a pair of sandals which he himself had made. I don't know if you know that, Isaac. And in 1939, uh, uh, Smuts was then Prime Minister. He wrote an essay for a commemorative work compiled for Gandhi's 70th birthday, and he returned the sandals with this, with his the essay. And he said, I have worn these sandals for for many a summer, even though I may feel that I'm not worthy to stand in the shoes of so great a man. That's what Smuts, Smuts actually said. thought of. Gandhi. And you know, Jan Smuts, um, after the Boer War, you know, he was a qualified attorney, Jan Smuts, mm. a lawyer. Mm. He became the advisor to Paul Kruger. Paul Kruger. But his wife, Izzy, and I must mention this, she absolutely detested the British. She did because she was, um, because of the concentration camp. Concentration mm. camp. She absolutely detested. Detested them But then of course As I said Things changed And he was the first Field marshal To be appointed Outside the uh, uh, Great Britain And there was another Field marshal Who became Very close to Jan Smutch And let's see What his uh, If our listeners know It was the Africa campaign The battle of El Alamein Where Rommel was defeated By this field marshal these were the only two field marshals ever appointed. Now, you get generals and you get like uh, Dwight Eisenhower from America was the supreme commander, but he was called a general. A field marshal is actually in charge of everything, the army, the air force, the navy. He's the head of the whole of the all the fighting forces. Mm-hmm. So that's another question. Sorry, Sue, if I put out these questions. No, I'm so pleased <laughs> that you are. Remember, it's 34519. And I see it says here, um, oh, no, that was, we, we've said that. Read uh, again about, read and quote Dr. Bernard Friedman. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Who is Dr. Bernard Friedman? Yeah, please let us know, Mim, who Dr. Bernard Friedman is. Do you know that, um, when in our last, uh, Program. We actually spoke about Smuts's importance to the imperial war effort, yes. and it was an, an, an emphasized by a plan which was proposed in 1940 to appoint Smuts as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom should Churchill die or become incapacitated. Correct. Um, Sir John Colville, Church's, uh, Churchill's private secretary, put this idea to Queen Mary and to King George. And, I mean, that had never been heard of before, and they both liked that idea. But Churchill went on to live for another 25 years, so it never happened. And did you know that uh, Jan Smuts was a British citizen? He had a British passport. Oh, I never knew that. He was a British that. citizen as well. Mm. Uh, and, of course, um, when you talk about uh, a, a statesman, he was one of the leaders, one of the people who drafted the League of Nations, you know, uh, Whatever, whatever you want to call it, like today, the United Nations, those days, the League of Nations, he drafted that whole document. And I believe that he actually gave a promise to uh, Balfour that that he would fight for the Zionist, Zionist cause. Yes, that was in 1916 or something. Yeah, I think, just, wasn't but it? that's why when Balfour came out in 17, he supported it to the hilt. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, remember when South Africa, when Israel declared independence in 1948, we were the first government to come out with. They recognized the state of Israel de jure. 
that we recognize them. And of course, you know, a few months later, he lost the elections. Mm-hmm. But I must uh, say one thing, and then after when the Nats did come in, they recognized the state of Israel because uh, D.F. Malan was the first prime minister from anywhere in the world to to visit Israel, and he was uh, received by David Ben-Gurion. I've actually got photographs of that as well. So So we've got a lot of controversial history history, as well, shared history. And you know why? Because Laman... D.F. Milan, Daniel Franco Milan. Oh, was that his full name? That's right. Mm-hmm. Was a very, very religious man as well, you know. And they also believed in the Old Testament, the Bible, religiously. They are using that word as a pun. Mm-hmm. That is why. And then he visited Israel and visited all the holy sites, etc. Mm, is that a fact? <coughs> uh, I know that uh, Smuts's, um Relationship with Jews and his admiration went back to the fact that he he said they were a God-fearing race, and that um, they were very similar to the Afrikaner without a homeland. Right, right. And and he really wanted that homeland for them. You know, it's an amazing thing that uh, amongst the the Afrikaans, their churches, their churches called the Hervormde uh, Kerk or the Nearer Dates Kerk, and they Calvinistic. But they have, if you go into a, a Dutch Reformed church, whether it's the Hervormde, the Vichafamorde, whatever it was, you will always find one quotation on the pulpit. They don't have any images or effigies in their uh, churches. It's at the blank wall, etc. But on the pulpit, embroidered on the, the cloth or written there, is a quotation from the Old Testament. And the quotation is, the Birkat HaKohanim, the blessing of the Kohen, hmm. which says, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his countenance be upon you and his face shine upon you, etc. You'll find that in every Dutch Reformed Church. That is fascinating. Good heavens. You will find that all over. Isaac, we've actually got uh, a few more messages. Okay. Uh, the British, not Adolf Hitler, created the concentration camps. What is my British passport bought worth, Avi? But let me tell you that actually the concentration camps were first uh, created here, you're quite right, by the British during the Boer War. And uh, General Smuts's wife, Izzy, was actually uh, put into house arrest, uh, not into a concentration camp, but under house arrest, where she lost a few children, actually, while he was uh, uh, fighting during the war. Uh, we're breaking for an ad break. Two, three greatest naval powers in the world could come together and come to an agreement about naval disarmament and about every type of vessel, large and small, on the seas, which might take place, uh, take part in future uh, warfare, is a most considerable event and of the greatest importance for the cause of peace at large. Uh, I think that we have no reason to be dissatisfied with the progress that has been made with naval disarmament so far. Other nations will follow the example of the United States, England and Japan and will also fall in line in due course. Progress is going to be made, of that I am certain. I think that the, that the disarmament conference now meeting and the larger conference which is bound to come next year will mark progress and a good deal of progress in, in regard to, to land disarmament also. Let us go slow. Let us be prepared to go slow and gradually to move forward and in that way to reach our goal even though it may take a generation to get there. 
Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human with my co-presenter Isaac Resnick and we are having a discussion about Jan Smuts and I must admit the time is going so quickly. Uh, you can SMS us on 34519 and I see there is another SMS here, WhatsApp. Regarding the law about Indians, Judge Ishmael Muhammad, who served as Chief Justice in Bloemfontein, was not, during his days as an advocate in apartheid South Africa, allowed to stay overnight in the Orange Free State when in Bloemfontein for a case. That came from Adam. Thank you, Adam. That's exactly what Isaac was saying about the Indians not being allowed to stop in the Orange Free State at all. Um, you know... Um, um, Isaac, you, you mentioned just now that uh, about the the war cabinet, and uh, you also mentioned Paul Kruger. My cousin, uh, for those who have just tuned in, my cousin was Mary Tate Smuts, General Smuts's granddaughter, and my mom's sister was married to General Smuts's son, my uncle Yanni. Um, my cousin was telling me that General Smuts said to Izzy. Um, we have to get married tomorrow. They'd been going out for quite a long time. And she said, what do you mean? And he said, no, um, Paul wants me for an important government uh, position. And so we have to get married tomorrow. And, and of course, yeah. so that's what happened. Right. <laughs> now, just to get back to the concentration camps. Yes, please do. The concentration camps were formed by the British. All the Boers were put in. Blacks went in as well. And I don't know if your listeners have heard, I'm busy with a gentleman called Dean Simon. We're doing a book called The Two Jacobs, all about a Jacob, a black man, who a black child who was born with his parents in a concentration camp. And then when after the, uh, the concentration, after the uh, Boer War, how he came to... Uh, Involved in politics in South Africa That's a different side And then there's the other Jewish boy Who was born in Europe And he came here also from all the pogroms So that is for the future But they definitely uh, That's why Izzy hated the British she did. Because of the concentration camps You know what and she said to my aunt My, my grandfather Was on the uh, British side Against the Boers during the war And my, my great aunt actually got the OBE, Order of the British Empire, for riding behind Boer lines to yeah. go and give something to the British. And my aunt, when she married uh, uh, Jan Smuts, um, Izzy Smuts actually said to her that we will never uh, uh, forget. No, we will never forget, forget what happened, but we have to learn to forgive. forgive. Yes, that's it. Yes, and yeah. uh, and sh- and she she had this huge hatred for the British because of the concentration. Yes, so many and died there. They're mm-hmm. really they're terrible. Now to get back, why Herzog resigned and Jan Smuts took over? Remember, there was going to be a vote on whether South Africa sides with the Germany. The Nazis, mm-hmm. all goes with the Britain, and of course, Swans, Swat, Smuts won the day. Good God forbid! Imagine if we would have gone and sided with the Nazis, mm. with the Germans, South Africa today. What a who, horrific thought! What a horrific thought! And that's why he br- it broke away, and that's why the the British accepted him. There was Lord, um, there was the, uh, Mulner accepted. Uh, they accepted him. Uh, that was earlier on because ima- I, I, it's, it's too horrific to think these gentlemen like uh, Furwut and Donjis and all of them wanted support 
the, the Nazis. And remember, we had the Grey Shed trial in uh, Port Elizabeth, Reverend Abram Levy, where you had Roby uh, Raybrandt and uh, all those von Moltke and all that, and even John Foster. And Smuts was very anti the Grey Shirts. Right, and he had them all arrested. Mm. John Foster That's and right. Van der Berg and all of them, they were put in prison, and it, they were all tried for treason, and they were going to be hung. Mm. And but. Uh, they decided afterwards they won't hang them. They'll give them life imprisonment. But when the Nats came into power, they freed them, they all. Freed them all. Now, and then Foster all of a sudden, who became the prime minister, he, he succeeded um, uh, uh, Stradom, who had died. Uh, remember, Stradom was known as the Lion of the North. Yes, that's right. right. Uh, and then amongst them was a little... Police constable, his title, he was a constable, tall chap. And all of a sudden, overnight, he became a general in the police, and he was appointed to what they call BOSS, the Bureau of State Security. And his name was General van der Berg. Hmm. And he was notorious, infamous. Because remember, they ran that security branch there in the Greys. It was a corner, Main and van Willig Street in town. And you read all about John Foster Square lately. Yes. They just had this latest inquest about this um, Indian who was supposed to have committed suicide, but they were thrown out of Absolutely. buildings. And that is, these were really, really Nazis. Absolutely Nazis. So can you imagine if they had come into power? Uh, they had come into power. There. And, uh, uh, but the reason why Smuts didn't have them uh, uh, hung is because there would have been a blood revolution in here in mm. South Africa. Mm. There would have been an absolute. That's why. But they got life imprisonment. And he was very focused on trying to bring unity between the English and the Afrikaners. Yeah, that's it. And now I've just got to go on to a few little uh, um Anecdotes just to show the humanness side of, of General Smuts. I spoke to my cousin Mary Tate yesterday and she and I spent a long time just killing ourselves laughing at some of the stories she was telling me. Um, she, she was saying that, um, her mm. obos, her opa really absolutely adored children and he, he used to walk with her regularly. They used to go to Irene to Dernkloof to his place there. And they used to walk in the fields often and on the little copy there. And she clearly remembers being pulled by him on a chipped blue metal like wagon with a, with big wheels on either side. And she said an old wagon because he never liked anything new. And it had a long handle and the wheels had no rims left. And she said she would bounce along and she would faster and faster and she remembers saying opa no opa no and then landing with a thud on the ground and another time she actually landed on a cow pet and the obos thought this was incredibly funny you know they they lost one child as well yes, yes they lost but, a few children yeah, yeah. but um he was very, very, he loved children. But you remember when he was ill at one stage, the last time we spoke about it, I brought you and I showed you an original letter. I've still got it. I showed it was framed yes. by Izzy Smuts. A Jewish woman outside Pretoria had baked a cake and sent it to Izzy to give for Jan Smuts. And they, she wrote a letter back and thanked her uh, uh, very much. But on our next program, please, God. When that'll be, we will talk only about Izzy Smuts. Definitely. Right. The other thing I just wanted to tell you was that one day my cousin Mary was found chewing uh, the Obos's 
General Smuts's old uh, leather slipper. And her mom said, no. And the O-Boss said, leave her. It'll be good for her. She'll take in germs, which will be good for her immune system. One day, Mary was found cleaning the toilet with her Opa's toothbrush. What are you doing, he asked. And my aunt replied, don't worry, she's introducing germs to your system and it will be good for you. They both had a real good laugh. And my cousin said that she and she, her brother and sister both had mumps and measles. And even though the, uh, uh, Omar Smuts said she should be in the bed with them, she never got either. So perhaps General Smuts was right. A frequency like no other. 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson with Isaac Resnick. We've been talking about Jan Smuts, and Isaac is going to give us the answer to those questions, and um, and then we're going to have to wrap up. But Isaac, let's have yeah. your the answers first. Yes, first, before I give the answers, I, I'm sure many of you know that Jan Smuts loved mountaineering, and he would have been so proud today if he knew that Table Mountain has been declared a seventh wonder of the world. Because he loved climbing Table Mountain. He did. B. Jan Smuts never drank, he never smoked, and he never danced. Huh. Right. That's amazing. Right. B. The answers are Dr. Bernard Friedman. Yes. Member of Parliament, Hilbrow Labour Party. Right. The appointment of, uh, by Smuts to his cabinet was the famous Dr. Henry Gluckman, Minister of Health. He was going to appoint a lady as a cabinet minister. She declined Bertha Solomon. She fought for uh, women's rights. Mm. Right. Jan Smuts, field marshal, the other field marshal, Battle of El Alamein, field marshal Bernard Montgomery. Oh, my word, of course, yes. Wow, Isaac, it's been wonderful sharing the mic with you. And um, we we are going to have to have a program on uh, Omar Smuts uh, because she was definitely a, a great support. And without her, I don't think he would be, have been able to do half the things he was able to do. She supported him to the hilt. Absolutely. And, of course, look what she did for the war effort. Definitely. So, but that's for another we, time. Yes, absolutely. I would like to end with this quote by Jan Smuts. The mountain is not something eternally sublime. It has a great historic and spiritual meaning to us. It stands for us as the ladder of life. Nay, more, it is the ladder of the soul, and in a curious way, the source of religion. From it came the law. From it came the gospel in the Sermon of the Mount. We may truly say that the highest religion is the religion of the mountain. That was by Jan Smuts. Jan Smuts. As I said, he was a very, very religious person. Very. Right. And so thank you so much, uh, Thank Isaac. you for having me on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, please, God, next time, we'll go well. We'll do it again. Take care.